This is the lunch rush at your local deli. Orders are flying in, online, on the phone, and in person. Order for Nick. So is it possible that fast internet could help your business outrun the rush? It is with Comcast Business, powering your connected devices with gig speed Wi-Fi and fast downloads and uploads. With Comcast Business, next level speed isn't just possible, it's happening. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Requires gigabit internet and compatible router. Actual speeds vary. My Stitch Fix box is here. As a busy mom, yeah, I don't have time to shop. So I signed up for Stitch Fix. It was easy. I took a quick quiz to share my size, style, and budget, and they took care of the rest. My stylist sends five just for me pieces. <gasps> this blazer. The fit on these jeans? Perfect. Keep what you love, then send back the rest. Free shipping and returns, and no subscription required. Stitch Fix. My stylist just gets me, and they'll get you too. Get started today at stitchfix.com. Anything short of a championship this year is a failure. Look at this boomer right here. You've just got so much talent here. Somebody said we need to apologize for Jalen. Can I pull the John? What are we apologizing for? What did we say? What did we do? (laughs) What's going on, everybody? Bobby, you got me? Yep, got you. What's going on, Bobby? What's going on, uh, Garden Report faithful? Those of you uh, here who decided to spend New Year's Eve inside um, watching the San Antonio Spurs and the Boston Celtics in San Antonio, um, which I wouldn't blame you if it wasn't a lot of you guys. But hey, you know, maybe those of you around the country, some of you who've already rung in a new year, and I'm sure that's many of you uh, already who normally tune into the Garden Report. Yeah, you got nothing else to do. So why not hang out? talk a little bit of basketball. We'll keep it short tonight um, and talk a little bit about the game. It's just going to be me and Bobby uh, and kind of just rip through uh, our, you know, early observations here of uh, this game. And I mean, really, Bobby, this was a make sure you don't pull a Pistons and let's let's and and the and the Victor Wembanyama show. And you got you got both of those. You checked both of those boxes. Yeah, definitely. And you avoided a disaster again. I, I didn't like that second quarter, the start there. I think the Spurs came out shooting 10 to 12, pulled within four. So that didn't turn into anything. They took quick work of the Spurs in the third quarter. Brown and Tatum both had good nights here. I thought it looked pretty connected throughout the flow of this game, too. I like Brown cutting off Tatum for parts of it. Uh, and they both shot well here tonight, 7 to 12. So that pretty much did it. A great shooting night all around for the Celtics here. Uh, probably just about as good as that Clippers and uh, Kings run that they had earlier this month that were the heights of their offensive output this season. But the Spurs put next to no resistance up against them. And that seemed to be a reason why the game started feeling a little bit up and down early, John, uh, is that it was so easy to score on San Antonio, even with one Binyama out there. I know no Zach Collins and this one changes a little bit for them. Uh, but this team's bad. I mean, this – Tatum said on Thursday, uh, I know you weren't on, John, that this the Pistons aren't the worst team in the league. As bad as that losing streak was for them and it came to an end yesterday, he said some other teams at the bottom of the standings. This is the worst team, the yeah. And yeah. It's, it's this team, maybe it's Charlotte, maybe it's Washington's pretty bad too. But those are teams, well, Charlotte aside, that the Celtics rolled through with no resistance. The Pistons put up a great game against them. This was what you would have expected from a team that lost 28 straight games. Yep. And happy new year. to you guys trickling in here, um, you know, uh, and it's, uh, as we said, uh, nice to have you guys uh, hanging around here and uh, checking in this game. But yeah, look, that's exactly right. You know, you know, you talk about an email in his roundabout email, Joe in his roundabout way talks about, what you do and don't do and what you, you know, what you get and don't get out of bad performances and losses. And he always says weird stuff like, Oh, we laughed about it. But the reality is there are lessons learned, you know, which is like, you know, you F around and you find out, you know, you're playing real NBA teams and you want to come out here and you want to not try it all. Uh, that's what's going to happen. And the first half looked like it could have gone that way. They were just be able to, they were just able to get buckets so easily. And then that third quarter was ridiculous. And then you had that kind of like that string of dunk, dunk, dunk there between white and Jalen uh, on those, uh, on those steals and the plays there. 
Um, and it just kind of everything just took off. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, 12, 15 points was freaking 30, and this game was over. Yeah, and I feel like if they played faster earlier, they probably could have built a bigger lead. And going double big probably didn't help them with that one with Drew Holiday out in this one. Good to get him some rest. Good to get Brown and Tatum some rest as well this week. ahead of It's going to be a pretty tough game against the Thunder on Tuesday. Uh, but they figured it out as the game went on. They went to some other lineups. I thought Brissett was pretty good again in this one. He gave them some quality minutes there. The single big lineups with Cornette and even the double big lineups with him out there were pretty good in this one too. Uh, so they got a lot out of the bench, and that bench was pretty much what slammed the door early in the fourth, which was huge because you didn't want to see the starters out there at all uh, the way this game was going, and they made sure yeah. that you didn't have to do that. Hauser back with three or five from three. Cornette building on the 20-point performance, John, that you you coincidentally missed. You had to sit out that show, but he made sure to come through with another quality performance here in this one. Yeah, but sure. again, let's let's be real. I mean, I love Luke and what is his what his hands, right? I like Luke's hands. I like that he can catch passes in the paint. I like that he's he can play volleyball when it's up high. I like that he knows where to be. I like his positioning in general. I like all of those things. But I mean, even a team like the Spurs took it to him on like 12 like eight eight or nine straight possessions. It's always going to be the the push and pull, the yin and the yang, which I'm fine with because we've been arguing this for I've been arguing this for years if the good outweighs the bad or the good gets you something that is beneficial you can live with the bad if Luke Cornett could do everything and play defense and block shots and rebound he'd be making 25 million dollars a year and playing 30 minutes a night but he can't he can do these things relatively well Namus Keita does different things relatively well I don't think it's necessarily an either or I think it's more of a pick your poison sort of situation here. Every time Luke is going in there, like, sure, he can challenge a shot or two, but for the most part, people go after him, you know, and eventually he gets played off the floor because of his, because, because defensively he gets attacked a little bit and he can't really uh, do much about that. So that's always going to be there, but that stuff that he's doing and like he and D white have a great little pick and roll game going in the lobs and catching it. And like I said, his ability to collect bounce passes in the paint, a lot of bigs can't do that. That's really like coordinated stuff for a guy that height to be able to collect and to go up, you know, in, in a Horford can't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, so it's a, it's a, it's, it's a skill. It's a legit skill. Yeah, and he's getting on the boards a little bit now, too, with three offensive rebounds in this one. So, all in all, good stuff from him right now. It's nice to have him back in the rotation and able to let them go double big a little bit. And I did write about that over the weekend, is that those lineups are actually producing at a pretty good rate right now. All of them, actually. Porzingis and Horford came into this game plus seven. Uh, You had that little Cornette Porzingis run in this game, which was, you know, up close to 20, I think, 17 even though it was only 10 minutes of put their playing time together. You've seen Kate and Al play well together. Uh, you've seen Cornette and Horford win minutes together. I think they're plus three. So every double big lineup that they're putting out there is winning. You know, you might not like how it looks, might slow them down a little bit at times, but it's their go-to look when they're down a starter. And It is, but again, by comparison – their their starting lineup playing single big with that is the best is the best oh yeah lineup they obviously the best they have but the best in basketball by by far no you know? I'm, so a, like, I'm a long way past advocating for Horford, yeah so, but right. my point was this season where we thought if they were down a starter it's going to get really shaky really fast the double big combinations have allowed them to at least win their minutes in games like these in a game like this, you're going to blow the other team away. But even against some tougher teams, you're able to win those minutes there, which is important. They have a bunch of different looks that they can go to. The question you're going to have to ask is if you're in a playoff series against a bigger team, that's hurting you on the boards. And that was the case big time that Thursday game, John, I mean, just an absolute beat down on the offensive glass from Detroit in that game do you go to some bigger looks in that spot to counteract what the other team's doing? Or are you just going to roll with what you're doing? They're probably just going to roll with what they're doing, as you mentioned there, because it's been so dominant all year and they have so many different skill sets in their starting lineup there. I thought they really missed Holiday defensively for parts of this game. They actually. do, because he's super important there. I think we got into I, – I, I, 
we got into Cornette a tad earlier than I wanted to. I want to backtrack. <laughs> if we're going to talk about individual performances, the number one takeaway is they played they played together in that third quarter when they needed to. Uh, they put their foot on the gas and they and they distanced themselves and they, they they did what they're supposed to do with a team like this, which is great. On the individual performances, I'm again going to look at Brown. This was so economical and efficient and what he was doing. And again, another game where I just felt like he was doing the right thing. He didn't settle for weird stuff. He like I, a couple of times I loved, I can't remember who he did backing his way into the point. I mean, backing his way into the post and just spinning around guys for dunks who were just like, they're like, I can't guard this guy here. You know, whoever it was, was like, this is impossible. I can't do this. And stuff like that is just great. Cause it's just imposing your physical will on an opponent in a different way than Jalen's done it in the past, which is usually let me just fly through, get into the lane and whatever's waiting for me there. I'll deal with it. When I get there, this was a, I'm going to just back a guy down. ISO this, get my way all the way in. And then I'm just going to work. It is so hard to stop that when he does that and it's controlled and it's patient. And he did it multiple times tonight, either resulted in spinning around and getting a dunk or a layup or being able to get one of those turnarounds from the post, which for him is just a, is just a money shot. Yeah. And he, I thought was really good on in Friday's game as well. I came out of it pretty conflicted because of the seven turnovers, because of some of the miscues there. But when you consider Tatum's out you're going against a team that has some weird, funky defensive uh, abilities and personnel that can play bigger and pack the paint against you. It was one of those games where we've talked about, John. Yeah, the turnovers right. might tick up a little higher than you want them to, but his aggressiveness really opens things up, especially late in that game after the Raptors came back. So I loved him that night. I loved his whole month. The numbers, I have them right in front of me here, don't look amazing. Like nothing that would like catch your eye on paper, 24, 5, and 4, not including this game. But 53 from the field, getting up to 37 from 3 this month. Uh, back to the free throw line quite a bit too. That's exactly what you were looking for from him in this offense because it was going to look different this year. Maybe a little bit of a smaller role, sometimes fewer shots. But the control, as you mentioned, the decision-making – and the consistency, really, like you're not seeing him have those games where he's uninvolved for quarters at a time or a night where he's just lost in the shuffle because other guys have it going. It seems like the hierarchy is pretty well set on this team. Uh, in I a just way think that... he's making the I just think he's making the, the right decision more yeah. off more often. It's as simple as that. I just think he's choosing wisely, like way more. And a lot of it is what's funny is. Old Jalen to me was, hey, to counteract Tatum's sleepy walking up the floor stuff, like Jalen was the guy who would attack and get it and go and and so be instant offense in that way and and just drive the paint when when we when when you weren't getting a lot of uh, paint looks and when people were settling for jumpers and Jalen would be the guy who would go and then you would have to manage his turnovers there because you'd say, well, that's it. He's going fast. And maybe that's what happened a little bit more last game without Tatum, where he felt he had to do more on his own or is that was the last game without Tatum. Yeah. Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so maybe that's where he kind of did a little too much, but when he's playing in the kind of, you know, the, the, the setup that they have here with the multiple starters when Tatum's on the floor, I actually find that what's better is his, him slowing it way down. Um, and he's playing with a lot more patience and a lot more poise. When he doesn't have it, he sets it back up. He lost the he lost the dribble one time going to the basket, and he just collected himself rather than just kept going and and you know rose up and tried to get you know, make a really high degree of difficulty shot. I think that's what he's doing more of is he's doing that. He's not just like ah oh, screw it, I'm here, I'll just shoot it and see what happens. He's passing out of those difficult situations a lot more than he was before, whether it results in anything or not. I know he had the super high potential assist number the other night too but again i didn't watch those games i just kind of followed the box scores there just from tonight like i said it just looks patient it was an incredibly efficient night for him in terms of his scoring i mean it's very very economical in, in in everything that he did yeah and when you combine that some of the defensive flashes from this first half of this year before we flip into 2024 and then tonight you mentioned him being sometimes that more aggressive faster uh, end of the team's 
identity compared to Tatum's more methodical approach. I liked how they were able to do both in this game. Tatum able to set himself up for jump shots when necessary. Brown able to get ahead in that third quarter, as you mentioned, with all the dunks and breakout scores and even the isolations on guys in the post. I mean, those were there for the taking. We've seen Tatum take those. We've seen Porzingis take those, and he was weirdly off in this game. It was. That- I kind of wanted to see him dominate the original unicorn versus the Wemby. I wanted them to show the whippersnapper. <laughs> Those guys were going at each other and just completely canceling each other out. But he came in a little cold, and that was too yeah. bad. I, I wanted to see him, uh, you know, uh, you know, do a little something there. It didn't happen. Yeah, and he came. He finished this month thirty-two percent from three, which he was red hot yeah. to start the year from outside. You'd like to see him get that back up next month, uh, but still. Yeah. Most efficient post player in the league through the first stint of the schedule here. You see Brown pulling that out, Tatum. It's just a nice, well balanced offense. The entire team. The entire team in the post, Bobby. I mean, we've been, we begged for that, right? Like, we begged for that. It's a way to get paint uh, or post shots off because they never do it. When they're driving, they're always kicking. You know, they'll get out in transition sometimes, but they're not a very fast team. So, Figuring out ways this season to counteract the bad three-point shooting when it happens. And, you know, I do want to look at what the record is on their bad three-point shooting nights. And I feel like it's going to be much better than it was a year ago when they went 13 and 19 in those nights where they shot below average. 36 in this one, so you're right about average. Uh, But on the nights where they haven't shot well from three, you have the offensive rebounding, you have the post-ups, and you have the transition game to counteract the bad shooting. And that's why they've been able to start 26 and six here. I really, uh, you know, when I had Law Murray on last week, John, before the Clippers game, he put it well, this team's lost six games and five of them were in crunch time. So it's just a few late game yeah. miscues, some games where Derek white was out and the offense got a little scattered or leads that they blew where they're losing these games. Otherwise they could be, through 32 games here, 31 and one, if, yeah. if they just handle some of those late game situations better. So that's the kind of start we're seeing here. It's just amazing how they're taking care of business because they would lose that Pistons game a year ago. They would have lost any that number happened of games early in the year too, games. Bobby. But how many games, Bobby, at the beginning of the year did we say they lose this game last year? They lose this game last year. The Heat, you know, the one where you know where Jalen had that meltdown and they went they went all the way to down seven and came back and won that game. Um, they had a lot of games where they blew leads and then and still won them or they were in crunch time. The, I, I think in the first ten games, the first ten wins, there were five games where we're like that game might go different last year. They've had quite a few of those, so they're much better at this stuff and they do avoid those like oh my god i can't believe you lost this game games i left this comment up here because i wanted to say hey i love the vacation reference and two because of this movie and because of that scene our our coach our all-star coach when we were like 12 13 the 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 truck he would take us in his big suv was we called it the family truckster and our name for our team became the trucksters for for this particular uh, uh reference because that's what we did we went around, so we were we were the trucksters. Um, <laughs> we were that. Uh, yes, Big Money Brown, thank you guys uh, for uh, any and all Super Chats. We do appreciate it. Again, letting you guys know we're going to hang here for, you know, a short-ish show. Well, uh, we're hanging for a bit. More people are flooding in the room, so we'll try to hang out here for a little bit longer and give you guys your money's worth. You've decided to spend the time with us, um, so we'll hang out here with you guys as well. If you care about the state of the world and want to set it on a better course, we have a solution that may be somewhat surprising. Work in finance. At CFA Institute, our programs and courses are deeply rooted in ethical perspective. But we don't just teach. We create codes of conduct and impact key policy issues with global governments and regulators. To join a global network of investment professionals, visit cfainstitute.org slash set the standard today. We want to tell you quickly about HelloFresh. We're into the new year. This is actually a perfect opportunity for anybody who wants to kind of change their diet, New Year's resolutions, different things that you might want to try here. You can get on, you know, low-carb diets, low-calorie diets, protein, keto, you know, gluten-free if that's your thing. But whatever you want to do, you want to customize your diet, a great way to do it is just to have – because you're going to know. You want sub-600-calorie dinners? You can can get that here at HelloFresh. 
Um, if you just go to HelloFresh.com slash CLNS free, I'll tell you what the free is about in a minute. Um, sign up, customize your meal, send to your door, farm fresh ingredients, little menu cards, everything's portioned out. Boom, put it together. You're done. Restaurant quality meal for half the price in like 15 minutes. It's really worth it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash CLNS free and you will get free breakfast for life. That means every time you order a HelloFresh box, if you use this promo code, you're going to get breakfast along with it, some breakfast items. It's actually a pretty cool deal. So again, check it out, HelloFresh.com. It's a really good time of year to maybe think about doing something like this. So again, HelloFresh.com slash CLNS free. Uh, back to the game, Bobby. What else stood out for you uh, here tonight? And I do want to talk about Wemby a little bit. I wish Jimmy was here because Jimmy is not a Wemby guy. Yeah. Um, I am not not a Wemby guy. I don't know that... I believe he could be the chosen one. I also believe he could be good, be good, not great. I'm not sure which way he's going to go, but boy, do you know, do, is he different in so many different ways, right? Like that like dunk stood he, out, didn't it? That freaking play when White's going for a chase down and every Celtics fan's thinking, oh my God, is he going to do it? And he, He's a step outside the three-point line. He just holds the ball up, takes two Statue steps. Oh, my. I could wa- I watched that a hundred times. I fell so far behind the rest of the game. I just kept going back to watch that. It was so – it was like <laughs> – it's like playing on the dunk hoop that's hanging on the door frame in your, in your bedroom. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and you look at the numbers for them. Obviously, this game shows they are not a good defensive team. I think they're last in that rating. Their defense is way down there. But when he's on the floor, they're pretty competent. And there were plays at times in this game where the Celtics had to go inside and work their way out again because of his presence in there. Uh, So in terms of being the real deal, defensively, he is. I don't think there's any doubt about it. He just has too much range, uh, too much size in there, and too much of an ability to alter shots all over the floor not be a game changer on that side of the ball but the offense is definitely a work in progress here 44 percent for the field coming into today he got a few threes to go but he's 28 i That's think you, thing. you kind of expected that wasn't going to be there for him and it's really not so that that's a big difference that... between him and even a guy like chet right now who we're going to see on tuesday that's the thing I want to see. You got to give it a full year to see how that goes. Cause here's the thing with him. And I think that the indicator with someone like that is always like, there's nothing mechanically wrong with his shot. It's just not, but that was an issue before too, is it wasn't falling in Europe either. Like he, that's exactly what he shot at uh, 28%, 29% playing overseas um that's those were the numbers it, it really wasn't uh you know or, or where did he, where did he play last year france the, the france right um that that's what he shot so but like all you see are twitter highlight reels and all of those shots go in and then you look at the numbers heading into the draft and i was like wow i was like that's pretty bad considering he's just shooting th- those are practice jumpers for the most part he's shooting over the top of nobody there but Look at the free throw percentage. He's up around 80% this year. So he's got the stroke. That thing's going to start falling with more regularity. It looks like a good shot. Um, I don't believe that's going to be who he's going to be forever. But there's definitely concerns, right? Like, you know, is he going to, you know, can he, can he, you know, can he affect the game down low? He needs probably 30 pounds of muscle to be able to do that. What's that going to do to other aspects of his game? It's going to be weird. But, like, he can handle the ball. His passing is otherworldly. And, again, the things that he can do just based off his height puts him in it. It's it's almost like it's not – this isn't a great analogy. But remember we were arguing with Rob about what he can't do and, and, and neglecting what he can do better than any human on the planet. Like there's probably three, four things that Webanyama is going to be able to do better than anybody on the planet. That's going to separate him and it's going to make his flaws matter less. And that's where his greatness is going to come from. Like he might not ever end up doing some of the things people think he needs to do, but I don't know that it's going to matter because he can do so many other things. And when he puts it together, like he might be great, great, but I still don't know. I know everyone's saying Chet is better this year. Um, but again, you got to factor in these guys 25 games into his pro career. 
Yeah, Chet had the chance to bulk up last year and be in the organization and all that. That's he's why the have... rookie stuff is bullshit. He's been yeah. in a he's been in a professional environment with training the right way for a year plus. He's gonna be different. Yeah, no doubt about it. And a little bit older too, obviously. Yeah. coming in at I think nineteen right now. But you mentioned three blocks a game. That's game changing stuff right away at that age. Like anybody having three blocks a game would be unbelievable. And he's doing it his rookie year. So He's probably the front runner for this Rookie of the Year award. It's going to be a fun race between he, he and Chet, but uh, this this is a great starting point. He's not a rookie. I agree. He's not a rookie. Chet. You you would have been thrilled if you were the Spurs to see him come in and set the world on fire and be one of the best players in the league right away. But the fact that he's one of the best young players in the league is good enough, I think, for now. And, you know, he's scoring 18, 19, 20 points a game. Without the ability to handle, he's got a 3-3-3 three to three, three turnover assist thing right now, which isn't great. He doesn't have a point guard, which is just malpractice. Imagine if he did. Imagine if he did. How many frigging just automatic... They don't have a point lo- guard. It's crazy. How Were many, you watching that offense tonight? It's ridiculous. How many lobs, how many easy buckets? He's going to be... He'd have eight, six to eight more points a game in just standing by the rim and just put uh, just dropping it in. If Imagine they had if they had Derek get White. Get the ball to him. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, man. They must be regretting that right now. I mean, it's a bad spot. You can make the Belichick comparison right now, too, I think, with you know, Popovich and the way that's going right now. And they're, they're five and 26, John. It's unreal. I know their roster's not great and they're in a rebuild rebuilding stage right now, but that's horrible. I mean, there were some people who thought they might be able to make a little bit of a playoff run this year. I didn't, but this isn't even close right now. I, I still think this guy's worth the price of admission. Again, what he's going to become. I, I, you I might have to get a credential thing. when they come in a, a month. I think I think I'm gonna go. I, I kind of I really want to see it in person. I really I really do. You know, sorry whoever I bump from the game, but sometimes <laughs> I want to. Sometimes I want to. Hey, I want to give a shout out here because this is very nice and very generous. And we got a few a couple games ago when I was in here, uh, and we've gotten a few of these roll in. I really do appreciate these, and thank you very much, Derek, for watching. Uh, the contribution is nice. The most important thing is that you guys are here, um, and we do appreciate you know the the numbers and the viewership and the loyalty uh, and you guys hanging with us. There's a lot of options out there and I'm sure you partake in more than just one, but so many of you are just regular uh, faces here on the garden report. Uh, and we, we see you and we know who you are and we do appreciate it. And everything like this is appreciated though. Not necessary, but thank you very much. Um, favorite Celtics moment of 23. If you wanted to talk about this, um, Bobby, I don't know. I don't have it off the top of my head. Anything for you? Come on, it's easy. The Derek is it Luke, Luke Knight? No, and it's, Luke Luke Knight was up there. It's obviously, not Luke Knight. Obviously, you know, you guys were pretty stunned, but that Bulls game was a really fun one for me recently. But for the whole year as a whole, it's got to be that Derek, game yeah. six. It's that game six where I went back and watched it a week or two ago because we talked a little bit about it on my pod, but. It, it, it still doesn't feel real that that moment there. Like it was just one of those moments you're gonna remember forever. I, I know they didn't pull it off, and some people might forget about it when you know ten years go by or whatever here because they didn't get it done. Uh, but it was just still so special, so unique. Like there's really not a moment that compares to that, especially when you consider it almost completing a three nothing comeback. It did force the game seven. Um, there's some other good ones. You know, throughout that playoff run, Tatum's Game 7 against Philly was pretty amazing. Um, you had the turnaround in Game 6 for him, too, in Philly. Um, down the, you know, that whole Ross regular season was pretty fun, too. There were a lot of fun Joe moments along the way, too. <laughs> well, what if we what if we were isolating only this? Because you're right. You know, there's so much of last year. What you always forget is the majority of 23 was last year. You know, yeah. like... It's the majority of it, so you're always thinking for this year. And there were a lot of bad moments, unfortunately, in the playoffs for them uh, last year. But this part of the year, I mean, it's been nothing but good. And this season, John, like I'm still kind of settling into like what this season is and what it's becoming, and you know how we're going to look at it. But most of it's just kind of been taking care of business. Like there hasn't been any dazzling comebacks or unbelievable clutch finishes or you know there were a few moments that certainly pissed us off here there but when you have expectations as high as this team does 
and the talent that this team does, a lot of it so far has just kind of felt like, all right, they did it again. Now do it tomorrow. And they more often than not have done it again tomorrow. So there's kind of a mellowness to that kind of season. Eventually they're going to get tested in the playoffs. Eventually they're going to have those moments that really have a lot of turbulence and debate and stuff like that behind them but right now it's just been smooth sailing and i think a lot of people like that because we certainly have seen the turbulence since we started this show yep. uh, so it's good to I, not have that it's better and that's the thing is like and, and so like i guess you know and we've uh we, uh, deflate gate uh here thank you for the contribution uh we've talked about doing a game we may at some point do one or two um games the reason we don't i just think it'd be overkill we're on here for so long after if we're doing the games as well i just i think you guys are going to get sick of us to be honest um but we'll let, uh drew drew carter handle that <laughs> but every once in a while it's fun because the way we react live is totally different than you know what you're getting uh after the game and it is kind of more organic to get it in the moment uh and also you know we would kind of chat about things as we go along so i would I would totally do that um, as well. But the, to your point, Bobby, what you were talking about before, live stream. Nick's always wanted to live stream those games. He's I'm not kidding. Um, the um, the reason I I guess I, I keep coming back to it. It's not meant to sound like a you know, it's not an I told you so. It's not. It's just why do we like if everyone watching this year's team can recognize you talk about the ups and downs, Bobby, and the way we react to things and this and that. If everyone can watch this year's team and be like, ah, like this is great. Like I, I love what we're seeing here. They're connected, the guard play, the defense, the effort, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the different people scoring on different nights, all of these things. Like if you're seeing that and saying how great it is, you have to remember a little bit um, that like that wasn't like happening regularly. Right. Like that's kind of the thing is like there were things wrong and things that probably were so wrong that they were never going to be right. And that's kind of why we react the way we react sometimes to things is I don't believe it was ever going to get better with the people that they had in place here. Um, and I think that they needed to make changes and that's kind of why we, you know, why we're kind of all over the map sometimes think- in our analysis of these teams. And like, now you see it and it's like, and again, I'm not saying it's a referendum on, um, on, on, on smart. Guys who are like, gone, yeah. Yeah. Not just them. I honestly didn't, I I'm still dubious that Tate, I don't uh, Tatum still worries me a little if he ever feels like he's got to be that alpha guy, I think they can win like with, with a, on some, I think it's better as an ensemble cast than it is, you know, Tatum and his running mates or whatever. Like, I don't like that team because I don't think he's that guy. I think he does a million things well, but I think it works better in, in a, in a, in a, in a, in an ensemble cast in a complimentary way. And that's what I like about this. I never wanted a team where Tatum would just carry it and you had other supporting players. Like, I don't think that's who they need to be. And I don't think he's necessarily that guy. So I do get a little bit worried still if it's going to revert to that. And, but anyway, go ahead, Bobby. Yeah. There's obviously three things at play have Tatum and Brown advanced enough to the point where they can, carry them to a championship. I still think you wonder about that. Did Porzingis solve some of their most fatal flaws? I think he's done that to some degree, but they've also we'll, been we'll, able to win Gate, him. Thank you for the, thank you for the contribution. We'll, we'll address, we're, we're kind of addressing this now, but we'll talk about it as well, but go ahead, Bobby. And then number three, as you mentioned, the missing pieces or the pieces who have left. I don't think there's any doubt as much as we love smart and as much as he was important here. I do think they have benefited from, not having him out there in crunch time. And they could have done that when he was here. They could have pulled him out of those situations because of how it impacted the offense. But they weren't able to for one reason or another, for coaching or, you know, ego or just the hierarchy or whatever it might have been. Uh, so just removing him from the picture might have had some benefits alongside those two other things there. And then, you know, we've been debating all year, John, about Grant <laughs> and that one. <laughs> which, you know, he was out there last year. He had some massive ups and downs, and he was a a significant part of the rotation until Joe pulled him out of it, and then they were trying to figure out how to uh, work out the bench from that point on. The bench this year, 
it's really been the most pleasant surprise. Hasn't by it? Far. I mean, the, the they question, had a couple. The, they had a couple of yeah. rocky games early on, John, and then they, you know, figured it out like a week or two into the season. And it feels like they've yeah. played good as a unit every single game since. It's unbelievable. Like, how many shows have we done where we were like, man, the bench killed them tonight? We don't do it. It's not just the bench. You're right, though. I The thing is, though, I don't know whether the bench holds up in the playoffs. And when it doesn't, or if it doesn't, everyone's going to be like, uh-oh. So I'm a tad worried the bench is a little bit of fool's gold because I don't think you're going to go there. I think their limits – th- excuse me. I think I think you go obviously tight playoff rotation for sure, and the minutes are going to be very, so one very, guy very has limited. To step up. Yeah. Is it Pritchard? Yeah. Hauser's been good pretty much every game all year. Is he a playoff guy? Because remember, he I didn't play in the playoffs at all last year. I don't know. I think a little, but I think Hauser's going to be a guy where he's in there and he goes oh for his first three and he doesn't get second half minutes. You know, like that's not going to surprise me. So I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, he might, but I think he'll be limited to like eight and nine minutes in the playoffs. So I don't know what's going to happen here because I know they really only trust six guys and then they have to play others, but it might be quick and I don't know what you're going to get there. This episode is brought to you by Buffalo Trace. Wherever your next adventure takes you, it wouldn't be complete without Buffalo Trace bourbon. It's distilled, aged, and bottled at the world's most award-winning distillery. Backed by over 200 years of authentic craftsmanship, it's the quintessential bourbon. Bold, complex, but incredibly smooth. Buffalo Trace is the right choice the first time you ask for bourbon and every time after. Learn more at buffalotracedistillery.com. Distilled, aged, and bottled by Buffalo Trace Distillery. 90 proof, Franklin County, Kentucky. Tis the season for holiday travel. And with Amtrak, visiting friends and family has never been easier or more comfortable. With no middle seats, extra leg room, and spacious seating, you and the entire family can relax the whole way there. So skip the bumper-to-bumper traffic or crowded airports and experience the gift of traveling comfortably aboard Amtrak this holiday season. Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Restrictions may apply. Uh, What I will say is, like, the... The most pleasant surprise is actually not pleasant surprise is that this team could be carried by any of five players on any given day. And like, I don't think it's the most ridiculous thing in the world to say. And I said it on our text thread the other day, Bobby, that like you can make arguments that Derek White's the most impactful player on this team. You can make an argument that Chris Tapps Porzingis is the most impactful player on this team. I know it sounds like blasphemy because, you know, you've got Tatum and you've got Brown and the I way Brown's been Derek, playing. Right? But it might be Derek White. But the, the the counter to that is, could Derek White be that impactful if he didn't have the gravity of Tatum and Brown sucking all that attention away from him because he can operate more freely? Probably not. So you're not going to minimize what Tatum and Brown do. But those guys are so good, they can carry a team. And to have that many of those guys on your team is insane right now. Yeah, and he's up over five assists a game this year, uh, which, you know, we talked to his trainer over the summer, and they said that was a goal, have the most assists of his career, given what he's playing around here. And they've allowed him – we saw it early in the preseason, John, and even open the season a little bit. They allow him to be the point guard. And over the last three games coming into this, they closed out those games against the Lakers, Detroit, and Toronto by letting him run the offense late. In fact – Joe said as much after the Detroit game where Tatum wasn't very good. The key to Tatum's game that night, and we had a big debate, John, on the show. You weren't there. Did Tatum have a good game or not? I gave him a lot of credit for getting out of the way and letting White run the show. Yeah. (laughs) I I, mean, not every— I know you you got crap for basically kind of backhanded complimenting Tatum of like, you're not the guy right now. Let this guy do it instead, right? No, but he was out spacing the floor in the corner and— you know, yeah, Derek sure. said after they're gonna, you know, they're not just gonna leave him. So he was able to run pick and roll with Porzingis, and they won the game late after being down by 21. Same thing against Toronto, and there were two big finishes by him late in that game, John, in a clutch scenario. That was their 11th and, clutch I, and win I, this year. And I agree, Cass. I wanted to put this up. That's kind of what I said: is they they don't get the everyone else does isn't defended or treated or doesn't get the attention of Tatum and Brown. So it's unfair to just look at it in a vacuum. I, I agree. I I did kind of say this, but I agree a hundred percent. You can look at Derek White and say, he's playing better than these guys, but could he, would he be able to do it if he didn't have, 
it, you know, if, if there is getting doubled and all of these things, probably not, but I still think he does all the right. He'd make all the right decisions all the time. The yeah. way that he does. And so, you know, the most cliche argument right now is always an all-star, you know, send him to the game and that might happen. It might not. I've said when we actually had the discussion, I don't know if he's the kind of guy you go to the all-star game to see, which isn't a knock on him. I mean, like I'm the biggest Al Horford fan in the world and you don't go to the all-star game to see Al Horford either, but it is a nice recognition. And when you look at a guy's career and you see, Oh, all-star 2023, you're reminded of some of the stuff he did in the first half of this year and the stuff he's doing now. I mean, I just threw my hands up, John, when he hit those two shots in the lane against Toronto late and sealed that game. I'm like, he's an all-star. I mean, like you just put the, that whether it's the numbers, whether it's the impact, whether it's the defense, he's right up there with any other guard in the East right now. And he just seems to get better every night. He seems to do more with each passing night, seven of 11 in this one, five assists, 17 points, zero turnovers i mean he's just perfect and you know we were on the air when they first traded for him and i think our first reaction was this might be their point guard and that didn't happen for a while well what we said is he, he might make marcus smart superfluous um it and just that ended too, up, yeah it ended up happening later um and and, and but it's amazing i mean this is what he's capable of when he's empowered when he's playing confident you look back on last year, John, I think we talked about this off the air. He only played in about half of their crunch time games last regular season. And then in the playoffs, he only played in six of their 11 clutch finishes. And it blew my mind when I pulled it up on Christmas. He took one shot in crunch time last postseason. One. I mean, they, they might have cost themselves a championship by not using him enough. It's unbelievable to look at. Unfortunately... That has not happened this year. You never have any doubt about whether he's going to start or whether he's going to finish a game. But when we were kicking things around at the beginning of the year, John, he would have been the easy guy to put on the bench. And we all were like, no way. It can't be him. Like, Drew Holiday would have been a better fit on the bench as much as we got angry about that. White had to start. And then, you know, they sent Horford there, and that ended up being the right call. But, oh, man. It's crazy to think about if he was playing like this last year, it could have been a whole different season. Yes. Yep. You're right. It, it's, it's, it took a while. It's, Joe yeah, admitted it's almost, it too. He said that was my biggest coaching flaw last year was not going to him. He couldn't figure it out. And you just said it. And like you, you were talking about catching crap in the, um in the, uh, in the last post game for saying Tatum, you know, you know, stepping out of the way and letting D white take control. But it's like, that's kind of it is like it took a while to get the ball out of Tatum's hands. It's basically what happened. It didn't matter who last year you had three freaking point guards and you're still running Tatum ball offense, you know, uh, you know, in the last six minutes of games and how this is why leads are getting pissed away and they're slowing down and playing, you know, prevent and running out the clock and like, everything got disjointed and teams knew exactly what was happening and they would wait and then they'd start to move towards the basket and the double would come or he'd get blitz pass out of somebody, you know, pass out of it to somebody who would have to shoot some moon ball, you know, down. And like, that was like, that was their late game offense because they were just reliant on it. It felt like way too much. And yeah, take the ball out of his hands, give it to the point guards, give it to Derek white, let him run the show. Like, He's making the right decision. He keeps with well, the thing we like best about him, even when shots weren't falling, is he keeps it moving, right? It's constantly moving when he's out there. Even if he's not the guy who's ball dominating, dribbling around looking for people, he's moving it always, always, always. And and that doesn't happen with everybody. Yeah. And we've had that conversation since the Warriors game about how much they need to move and run and pass and all that different stuff. And you're seeing it more now. I thought this was another good game for the ball movement, just working the plays around the perimeter inside out. You're starting to see more of that now. And Joe even admitted after the West coast trip that they had to reinvent the offense a little bit out West. And we saw it in the results. We saw it in the way they played, but we also saw that it was getting stale early in the year, right? There was a lot of ISO ball, they were succeeding at it, but then it started to regress a little bit as the schedule went along. 
Uh, they were seeing massive shooting success early. That came back to Earth a little bit, so that wasn't there to prop them up. And then, of course, you had the post-ups in the transition game, which aren't always there either. But they needed more assists. They were bottom 5, 10 in assists. The ball wasn't really moving. I think they were like 28th in passes overall, 27. <laughs> so they needed to shake up the offense a little bit. And that was part of what Joe talked about in training camp was that, you know, you're going to have to find ways to keep things fresh a little bit as the regular season goes along. And now it seems to be this pace attack that they're going with right now. And listen, no one's on this team. John is going to be like, Jason plays too slow. We need him to play faster, get, you know, get with the offense, blah, 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 like we do here. But you have heard everybody say, all to and including Joe, we got to play faster, get in your spacing quicker, you know, get in your sets quicker. Derek White said that they actually had a conversation as a team about getting into their sets with 19 on the shot clock. <laughs> You know, by the time 19 is there on the shot clock. So they talked about all this stuff out West. This isn't us, you know, yammering over along about them trying to play faster here. They're trying to figure it out too. And it's happening pretty naturally. As much as we give Jalen crap here sometimes about, you know, his deficiencies, the one thing he's always been great at is speeding them up. And Al said that at shoot around on Thursday. Like he, <coughs> he plays with an infectiously fast, fast style. Like he said, when Jalen was running the floor, I'm starting to run a little bit more. Drew's starting to run. Derek all the way down the line. And so, you know, you notice that they weren't doing that when he was out against the Pistons. He comes back. They do it a little better against the Raptors. And then tonight, I thought the pace was fantastic. Fantastic. No question about it. Um, oh, pardon me. Sorry. Um, something just popped on my screen, started playing loudly. I, I didn't know if I got picked up there. Um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's great. He's great. Brown has been great. You know, Tatum, it's funny. He's still figuring it out, you know, and you know, he, when he has efficient, you know, better shooting nights, you know, tonight he was hitting those shots, but when those shots don't fall and you have that 11 for 31, that's still going to be the issue. I think like, if you're talking about like issues going into the new year, Bobby, like, I think you feel pretty good about everybody's role in here. What's the irony that what's funny is we, we were, Curious how Jalen would react. I think we've all kind of settled in on curious how Tatum's going to play um, within the, you know, the construct of what's going on right now. It's not bad, but I think he can get better. I think we do spend a lot of time. I, I think it's always been a default to talk about everything Tatum does and keep saying he's getting better, whether or not he's actually getting better. There's no doubt that Jason Tatum can do almost anything. It's just a matter of doing it consistently with this team and, and and do that whole give the game what it needs sort of thing. Nothing is a knock on Tatum. It's really it's choices. What choices is he making? Is he going to kind of get it? Is he going to go into stop the ball mode on offense and I got to get mine? Is he going to keep relying on the pull-up and just, you know, shrug his shoulders when it doesn't fall and, you know, be happy, puff his chest out when it does. Cause to me, that's lack of understanding of what's working and what, you know, what you're best at and what you should be doing. So I think is he like his evolution is really more like up here. Like, is he going to kind of fully figure out what's the best thing for me with this team right now to use my vast skill set to take us to even a higher level than they are. Cause what's funny is I actually do think there's yet another level. They can whole hum their way through some friggin' blowouts here and they're just ripping up a buck 20 every night every time they go out i think there's another level they can reach too which i think is insane i think and a lot of it comes down to tatum yeah and what's his best role going to be in this offense we see him in spots that look really good as a screener posting up certainly playing ahead of the offense and i think that's where he's been at his best sometimes over the last two years here in this offense as joe's try to speed things up and you know shake open this offense a little bit so i you're always torn here, right? Because he has game-breaking skills that really tear open the game when he's able to get to them. Like, if we sat here, John, and said, don't take any more pull-up threes, you know, don't ISO anymore, don't do all that stuff, we wouldn't have had that, you know, game seven against Philly and just some of these other great moments that we've seen from him. Game six against the Bucks, the comeback there in that series. Like, these are the kind of game-breaking skills that make him who he is. At the same time, you see them leave him with empty performances sometimes when he tries to go to those and they're not there. So it really is about decision-making and feel and knowing when to 
get aggressive in those areas and when to, you know, back off and let some other guys do stuff because he has a lot of teammates right now that can do different things that he might be weak at in certain spots here. So I think he's relatively good when we compare him to the other stars around the league about realizing that and making that call. But it does get frustrating sometimes, especially the Warriors game and even a couple others in recent weeks here. Him deciding to go versus, you know, let some other guys do things. Even, you know, I thought he looked so bad in that Detroit game. And he comes to the podium after and he's like, yeah, you know, my ankle's really swollen and painful. And it's like, why'd you play? (laughs) And then he sits the next game. So, like, you know, just the decision making there with him. It has to get a little bit better. And he started this year so well. I feel like the last couple weeks here, yeah, shots fell in this game. The Clippers game, shots fell, and they just blew those teams away. But then in the other games where he took the same approach and the shots didn't fall, it didn't look as good. Yeah. So something's missing right now there. A little bit. And I want to agree with this point. I've always thought this. I've never thought – I think some people say things like Tatum just wants his stats and Tatum – I've never thought that. I've always thought that Tatum's Tatum Tatum knows Tatum wants to win. He like he takes it seriously, but the thing he's always known to do best is to kind of go into Kobe mode and score a bunch. And, and that's how he affects games. Doesn't mean he can't affect it in a million different ways, but I always feel like that's kind of the thing is like this is what I think I like I want to cook. And to do that, I got to do some of that difficult shit. But sometimes it doesn't go. And when it doesn't go and we have so many other people out here who can do other things, it's detrimental to the team. And like, should I not do that? Like Tatum looking for it and trying to get hot on last year's team or two years ago's team is essential. It's just not now. So it's really more of a change of like looking a change of like looking around you. And again, I got it guys. You got to chill. It's not, hate you're talking about a team trying to get to an elite championship level and talking about your elite player raising his game up to elevate everyone else around him it is not hate it is you are playing for a very guy you just got to stop being so sensitive about this stuff it you're play you're playing for a title and only a title and if it doesn't happen it's because they fail to reach their level for some reason. And listen, John, okay? we don't want to be sitting here in May if they lose and hear all the chat saying, Joe, and oh, Drew shot bad, and uh, you know, Hauser was bad tonight. It's on him. It's on him and Brown. They have to play at a level and a consistency that's going to carry you to the championship. And that requires being good on almost every night. And you can't have the, – the biggest problem with them is we've gotten in the playoffs and we've seen them all – you know, Tatum's off tonight or, you know, Brown got lost tonight and they lost. And all of a sudden this five-game series is going six or you went down early in this heat series where you probably should have won. And it's that lack of consistency. And, you know, we've kind of made fun of them when they've been like, oh, you know, we just didn't have it tonight. It was about yeah, Brown and, again, and Tatum not having it in those nights. Yeah. Again, so now you really have a roster here where there's no excuse. There's no excuse. That's the thing is like, and if somebody put it up here earlier and I threw up the comment, everyone else is going to do their part. You feel very confident in it. There's no like, yes, Holiday, White, Porzingis are going to have good games, bad games. Every night they go out there, they're going to play their role. They're going to do what they're supposed to do every night to varying degrees of success. But right now, to very high levels of success because they're all playing extremely well. Um, and Brown, again, post ESPN graphic, is playing the best basketball of his career in this stretch. Brown could have been in this conversation, too, if we were talking about the first 15 games of the year where he was really searching for it and he was trying to shoot shoot his way into the, into the conversation and he wasn't necessarily flowing and vibing. He's completely part of the band right now. Like, Brown is absolutely playing connected. And so now it's kind of like that last one along. Um, and, it, and again, Tatum's still having good games, but oftentimes those good games are um, when the shots just happen to fall versus a change in the style or picking up the pace and meeting the pace of everybody else, not holding on to the ball, you know, and just kind of doing that. You see the direction that it's going. You just want Tatum to be part of it as well, as opposed to, 
I, I'm going to get mine in my own way. You know, like I, sometimes it works, but sometimes it kind of, it doesn't seem to flow with what everyone else is doing at times. That's all. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. <coughs> Cold and cough season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care. Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Even Joe, and I think Joe can be his biggest defender at times, He's even given up a little bit, and you know I don't have the video on hand here, but I, you know, did have a talk with him pregame. You know, pick your spots with the pull-ups. That's most. That's effectively what yeah. Joe said. You have to take them, and I think we even understand it, John. As much as we don't love those shots, you have yeah. to take them for the gravity and to keep them to make, honest. You yeah. have to. And you can't just put your head down and, and go. Yeah. yeah. But you don't need to take eleven in a game, as he sometimes will here, like he did in that Golden State game. You know, maybe you don't take it on the last play of the game. You know, he tried to win the game against Detroit with that shot, and it went to overtime. So it's tough right now, and I really don't know what's going on with the shot. You know, it's great tonight. It's great against the Clippers, but this is another season where his pull-up threes at the bottom of the guys shooting it at that volume, as you've brought up. I don't know what's going on there. It seems to become more and more of a trend every season. But then you look at him barreling through guys in the lane and drawing free throws, and you're like – Maybe that's just his game. He's a power player. You know, Joe Sway and I have had these conversations at the games. As much as he tries to embody and almost model his game after Kobe, he's not. He's he's almost like you – know, I, I, I hate to throw the name out there because it kind of has a bad connotation in terms of what he accomplished in his career. But Melo, Melo turned into that power forward type as his career went along. He had a great post game. He could really body guys. He had a nice shot, but it came and went. He, he really does have a mellow type game. Like it's a very yeah. power forward offensive game. Like yeah. he needs to body guys, get to the rim. It's, it's it, that's the thing is like it, with Tatum, the pull up shot is fine, but it's always like, and I use this in, as an example, a guy like Butler, you know, who's not a great shooter by any regard, but he knows how to get to his spot. And Tatum sometimes doesn't get to his spot. He kind of just takes whatever's there with the, with the step back or the fade away, because he's just decided that's his shot. That's not a good shot, but getting into, like I said, Jalen tonight, backing his way down into the post to get to a spot that he felt comfortable operating in is a different story. So Tatum, the two things he's got to do the most, not pound the ball, um, make sure, I mean, you know, if, if the ball gets in his hand in transition, he's walking it up and everyone's running. He's got to pick up the pace a teeny bit there and then just simply get to get to your spots. You're absolutely fine to rise up and shoot over the top of people. You're six, eight. You got a super high release and you're quick and twitchy and you can create separation with your step back or whatever. You should absolutely be taking those shots. It's just too many of them are just really really low percentage and and they are like hero shots in the sense of like when they fall everyone on the broadcast and people on twitter oh when tatum's got that going they're unstoppable (laughs) but the but the reality is it's like i said it's the golfer who shoots 95 every day but then you know he nuts you know he nuts a seven iron you know six feet from the pin and thinks that's who he is like the percentage wise, they're bad shots. They're not going in. They're going in at a very low rate for him. So you just, you got to know that and just get away from it. That's It's just knowing that's all you got to do. I think Kess said it well here in the chat. They got to play smarter, not harder. And I think that's what yeah. this regular season is going to be all about. You've, you've made your accomplishments to a large degree here. And Jason said this uh, after Friday or Thursday's game, you know, I've done a lot of stuff in my career so far already. And the championship's that big thing. And, you know, you, you want to see him do it, John. 
you know, more than say it, but the fact that he and Brown have said a lot of the right things this year has set a good tone for the team. And I they're think getting, they're getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Intention, intention wise. I think they're both going into games and, you know, each week with the right mindset in terms of what they need to do. And, you know, Joe's set some good tones for them in terms of his messaging throughout this year about doing less sacrificing, uh, you know, winning in different ways, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's resonating. But the biggest thing is that the two stars are embracing it because if they weren't, you wouldn't be 26 and six. You'd have a lot more rocky nights. You'd have a lot more inconsistency. And we're nitpicking, sure, because I think part of us, Sean, are, is scared that some of the things we've seen in recent playoffs pop up again. But at the same time, I think we can both recognize that, you know, the 2023 portion of the schedule here couldn't have gone much better uh, for this group. You know, you just thrilled with where they're at. They're healthy. They're playing together. They're taking care of business. They've had some show-stopping nights, of, you know, showing off what they, they can do. And they've improved drastically in crunch time. I think 11-5 and five in those spots uh, to begin this year. So we'll nitpick because the expectation championship. And if they don't get there, I don't think we can just sit here and be like, how did this happen? You know, that we see different ways that it might not happen yeah. here. Everyone's got to do their part. Tatum's part is bigger than everybody else's because he's Jason Tatum. Therefore, yeah. the expectation, the responsibility is higher than everyone else's because he's Jason Tatum, which means there's going to be more nitpicking because he's Jason Tatum. The time of like, leave him alone, guys. He's an all-star. It's over. It's a championship season. You must win it this year and enough that's it so again it's not criticism it's can, it's can you do it there's still people out there who are dubious because you've seen I, them wilt at the wrong times and so it's it's there this is the best team in basketball it's but it's the best team in basketball there's no question about it and so the role they guys gotta, and they should win i'm not gonna say easily but they could like they're that good so no, I mean, when you're healthy, when yeah. you have White Holiday in the bench playing like this, there a lot good. of things, a lot of things are going right right now. And in the big picture, we've talked about how expensive and tough this team could be to keep together. So you don't have ten years to do it here. It's it's now, or it's going to get more difficult in coming seasons, either because this team gets worse or other teams get better. They're in a really good spot right now, and they kind of blew it the last two years in really good positions. And the fact that they're in an even better position this year is kind of a miracle. Uh, yep. So this is special what they have right now. You know, we kept throwing out the 2008 comparison, John, and I think more and more you do see just how they have this one really nice shot here and the 08 team took advantage of it. And then they had issues in the years after that. And, and I that think was because really it's really a three, three year window. And again, it'll be expensive, but it's a solid three years, and I think that 08 team had it as well. What people always forget, Garnett doesn't come down with a freak knee injury in 2009. That 2019 was better than the 2018. Yeah. They were they were annihilating people. And then he goes up, and he comes down hobbling, and everything changed. The entire trajectory of the franchise changed there because they could and should have, with a healthy KG, even aging, that core was going to win it again that year. No question about it. They were winning it that year. Um, so they got to get it done, but um, we are going to wrap. It's been about an hour and we've been going here and we said we'd go short, but you guys were hanging out. Uh, I need to do a quick round of thank yous to everybody. We'll start at the top with the guy, Nick Gelso, the founder, the visionary, the guy who puts CLNS media together. None of us would be here without him. So thank you, Nick. Uh, happy new year there as well. George Danello, the guy who keeps everything straight for us and makes sure that we act like adults. Happy New Year, George. Uh, guy Near, the guy who keeps the lights on by making sure that he's selling some of this stuff. This nonsense that we're putting out there to you guys. Guy sells it, okay, which is great. Uh, and it allows us to have sponsors and it allows us to keep operating and delivering free content, which we love. Um Producers, Joey Capone, uh, probably not watching, but that's totally fine. Uh, super producer, Ahmed Bhattacharji, uh, he's everywhere. He's here right now. Ahmed, pop on and say hi. Pop on. Do you have a camera? He might not have a camera. Nah, he said nah. Uh, Ahmed does it all. One day, one day. It, if, I give a lo if I give out a season-long brownie, 
Uh, it goes to Amit every year. Uh, so uh, nobody works harder here at CLNS Media. Uh, nobody's more devoted and dedicated to what we do here and make sure that everything is out there in quality, uh, which is great. Uh, and so, again, if you see it, Amit had his hands on it. I guarantee it. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's literally like three different people. Backbone of uh, he did ban you. Oh, God. <laughs> He's the backbone of CLNS. So thank you very much there. Uh, Jimmy Toscano, not here. My guy from back in the NBC days. Obviously, Josue Pavone, who's been uh, a stalwart here at CLNS now for maybe going on a decade. Bobby Manning, who has been reporting since he was like a teenager uh, on the Celtics for CLNS and other outlets. All grown's up, Bobby, right? Yes. Good to be here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All grown's up. Um, who am I missing? Am I missing anybody? Sherrod. Oh, Sherrod is Sherrod. Sherrod's a legend. Sherrod, again, back in my NBC days, getting to work with Sherrod. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was always a pleasure. And the fact that I get to do that again uh, is tremendous. I don't want to leave anybody out, and I hope that I didn't. But, um, you know, uh, last last thank you to all of you guys out there who watch us uh, and who support us and who spread the word. Uh, you know, great year. This could be the year, guys. So it's a good time to, uh, you know, to be on board. Uh, with this and with us and kind of follow the ride here. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's great. And you thanks know. to you, John. Someone's going to say it here. Uh, well, not really. Uh, <laughs> but that, but that's fine. <laughs> Catherine had a super chat and I missed it. I missed it. If I missed it, I apologize, Catherine. Uh, but again, yeah, thanks guys for hanging out. I can't believe it's 2024. We started this thing in 2020. Four years yeah. went by pretty fast here. Yeah, it did. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm exhausted. I I need a championship so I can retire. Yeah, you guys can you guys can pick the next host once once we win this thing. Uh we'll get it we'll get it like a Drew replacement to come in. I'm Gorman. I'm on I'm on my way out. We can have Drew on one night. Maybe he'll do one of the home games or something. He's a good guy. Shout out to the chat for real. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have Drew on. He was pretty good it's, tonight. What do you say? The king of the jam with the jelly. <laughs> I was dying at that one. I think a Jalen finished inside or something. He was like the king of the jam with the jelly. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> pretty I witty, man. No, he's he's I, I he's he's a talented kid. He really is. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be good. Um, Blorp, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Uh, happy New Year's to everybody, for real. Uh, we do appreciate you. Uh, go out there, for those of you on the East Coast, and try to live it up for the next couple of hours uh, and hang out and uh, and uh, do your thing, have a drink, kiss your loved ones, see if you can make it to midnight. We're back. When is it? Tuesday, Oklahoma. This is where the Celtics gave up 150 and probably their worst loss last year. And this Thunder team has been really good. So I'm looking forward to that one. Tuesday night, I think 8 o'clock. Tuesday 8, it's out there, and then they're back home, right? Yep, back for uh, the Jazz on Friday. Great. Thunder's fun. That's a fun team. Uh, We're back here on Tuesday. Happy New Year to everybody. We will see you guys in 2024.